So if you're going out and you're trying to buy a small business so that you can have an income for you and your family and, and you're tired of your job and you want to move on, how do you become attuned to and avoid scams and other fraud that might be waiting for you out there in the world of buying businesses? Hey there everyone, it's uh, David Barnett from davidcbarnett.com, the YouTube channel, blog site, and iTunes podcast where I talk about buying, selling, and managing small and medium-sized businesses, as well as uh, any other questions that people happen to send in. Of course, if you haven't already, be sure to stop by the website or go to Amazon and pick up some of my amazing best-selling books. You're going to learn a ton about small businesses, uh, buying, selling, franchises, local investing, etc. Uh, three of them were best-sellers. Did I mention that yet? Anyway, um, this week we're talking about scams. So when somebody is out there looking to buy a business, what scams or landmines exist that you could potentially fall prey to? And basically, we're going to go to the whiteboard. I'm going to illustrate some of the different parties involved in helping people buy and sell businesses. And generally speaking, how to recognize when some of these people may be trying to scam you. All right, let's take a look. All right. When it comes to going out and buying a business, there are typically three parties that are going to be involved. There's the buyer, that's you. There's the broker, so a third-party intermediary that's trying to help people come together and make a deal. This could be a business broker or it could be some other type of party who's trying to put a deal together. All right? And then there's the seller. Right? And so the reason why I put all three of these on here is because some of the scams that exist out there in the world of buying businesses are on the part of sellers and some of them are on the part of brokers and sometimes there are sellers trying to commit fraud and scams and they're trying to use brokers who don't know that they're being taken advantage of. Okay, And so let's examine what goes on in some of these scams. So the first of all you have a buyer who's going out there he's looking for a business and that usually means either networking or sending out feelers or trying to find people who have a business to sell or it means going online and responding to business for sale websites and things like this which puts them usually in contact with sometimes a broker now there are cases that I have heard of where people have told me stories for example of brokers out there who are purporting to have businesses for sale and all this kind of thing and here are some of the main characteristics of a scam Number one, you're asked to put out money of some kind in order to get something that you want, but it's not necessarily the actual purchase of the business. So let me give you an example. The broker supposedly is advertising businesses that are for sale. You approach them saying you want to buy the business, and then you're told, for example, that there is some kind of fee for engaging with them that you have to pay the broker for their time and money. Now, here's what's important. If you are responding to a broker's advertisement and they're supposedly offering something for sale, a business, then typically what's happening is the seller is paying a broker to promote the business and represent them to you, the buyer. So if you, for example, went to a broker and you checked out their reputation and everything, you said, I want to hire you to go and find me a certain kind of business, like I want to hire you to find me a machine shop for sale in Indiana, then of course you're going to have to pay the broker because you're actually engaging them. You're hiring them to go do something for you. 
So what I'm talking about though, is if they're advertising for something for sale, and then of course they want money before they're willing to share information or release anything to you, that would send up my red flags immediately, okay? Because we don't know exactly what is going to be given. We don't even know if the businesses for sale are real at that point, okay? The next step, of course, with the seller, there are two different kinds of scams. There are scams that are based upon obtaining cash in the transaction, and then there are scams involving actually selling a business that is, uh, is made up. It's fraud. The, the information isn't actually real. So uh, a transactional scam is designed to get a small amount of money from people. A fraudulent transfer or fraudulent transaction scam is meant to get a lot of money from people. So here's some examples, and I've already made some videos about some of these. So you approach a person who's a seller. There may or may not be a broker. You might be approaching them directly. And they show you a business that's for sale, and you think the business is exciting, and from what you know, you understand that the business could be pretty good for you to own, and you may be interested in buying it. And then you want more information, such as financial statements, and they say, well, if you want me to reveal my confidential information, I need you to put up a non-refundable deposit or payment, which will be credited towards your purchase. Okay, So that's called paying to peak, and I never recommend that people pay to peak, because you don't know what's in those financials. Pay to peak is like a car dealer showing you the exterior of a car and then asking for a $100 fee if you wanted to get inside the car and see what it looks like from the inside, okay? The car dealer's trying to sell the car. You should have an expectation that you're gonna be able to see it inside, outside, and take it for a test drive before you put any money down. When somebody is selling you a business, they're selling you sales, net profit, gross profit, receivables, you know, liabilities, all that stuff, that's part of the business, and that is depicted through the financial statements. Of course you're gonna be able to see financials before you put any money down to buy a business. So be on the lookout for anyone who's asking for any kind of fee from you for them to sell you something, right? Why would I make it more difficult for you to buy something? Now, sometimes brokers and sellers will make it more difficult for you to look at their books, etc., because they're trying to avoid dealing with tire kickers, but the obstacles don't usually have to do with cash. They usually have to do with things like signing an NDA, filling in a questionnaire, answering some questions about your work history, submitting a resume, those types of hurdles because they want to make sure that you're actually qualified to buy the business, but don't put money on the table. Now, the big scams, this is the one that really people can get taken with. A couple of weeks ago, I did a video with Clinton Lee out of the UK, and we talked specifically about people being taken in buying online businesses, which were completely fraudulent. The numbers were made up or the numbers were real, but what was happening is the business was buying and selling goods with another entity to jack up the sales level, but the profitability wasn't there. So there are all kinds of ways that somebody can make a business look better than it really is, making up sales, making up financials, etc. One of the reasons that we do due diligence is we try to examine what really happens in the real world versus what's being represented on the financial statements. So let me give you an example that has happened to some people. So you have a business owner who has financial statements and then they tell you, for example, that they have additional cash sales. Okay, And then they 
price the business based on the total sales volume and a buyer then buys the business based on that information. Well, what then happens afterwards is you realize that, hey, the cash sales, the undeclared sales that I was told existed don't actually exist and the business is actually worth less. So that's a case of a fraudulent transfer. Things were made up about the business, okay? And, and you bought it and you paid too much money. And so that's why when we're looking at the deal, we have to be so careful about doing due diligence to make sure that what is being represented by those financial statements is an actual expression of what factually happened in the real world. I consistently remind people all the time that financial statements are just ink on paper. And really thinking about you know, what happened in the business, what the profits are, what the expenses were, those are actually our beliefs based on ink that we read on paper. So we actually have to validate those financial statements by looking at things that happen in the real world. We have to look at purchase invoices showing what goods came into the business. We have to look at sales receipts, looking at what money, actually, what money uh, came into the business from selling those goods. We have to look at the sales figure and the financials. We have to compare it with bank account statements showing the deposits and ha having them add up to be the same amount of money that supposedly was sold by the business and money that was invested by the owners. So some of the other things that can happen, for example, when someone is trying to puff up a business and make it look better in anticipation of a sale is that certain expenses don't get recorded on the books, for example, or maybe purchases or sales get recorded, which normally wouldn't be part of the business. So for example, someone who's in the construction trade, let's say, um, could fabricate a sale, right? And if it's a business where, you know, the, the sales um, are, have a high cost of goods sold, then you could actually have a very small amount of income associated with those sales and people might willingly pay income tax on those fabricated sales in an effort to make the business look better. But here's the thing, people won't do that for an extended period of time. Nobody's gonna make up sales that don't exist and pay income tax on those profits for three to five years getting something ready for sale. It's usually something done in a run-up or anticipation of closing the deal. So that's why I'm so concerned, for example, about like hockey stick graphs when it comes to sales. Sales are chugging along and all of a sudden they take off really fast. It takes a lot of scrutiny. You have to really know what's going on in the business. So I hope that was helpful. I've given you a few different things to think about, but in general, when you're gonna buy the business, the due diligence has to be correct and the deal has to be structured in a fashion that shares risk back to the seller. So in one case that I was actually involved with, there was a misrepresentation in the financial statements but because the buyer had arranged a deal properly, what ended up happening is they ended up paying a lot less for the business than they had initially negotiated. And it was after the fact, because the deal was structured properly and the buyer had control of part of the consideration after closing. If you wanna learn out how to do those kinds of tricks and you wanna learn how to properly structure a deal, then you should get yourself over to businessbuyeradvantage.com and you should be taking my online course where I teach people how to find, finance, examine, evaluate, and make offers and make deals for small businesses. If you own a small business and you wanna get an idea of how buyers are gonna look at your business and the things that you can do to legitimately prepare yourself and have it be easier and quicker to sell your business, then get yourself over to howtosellmyownbusiness.com. 
There's an online course that you can take there as well as a free download that you can take advantage of, 12 things to do before you consider selling your business. And of course, you should have already read my 2016 best-selling book, How to Sell My Own Business. If you haven't already, get yourself on the email list. Just go over to davidcbarnett.com, sign up. And you'll get videos like this in your inbox every week. Thanks. I'll see you next time.